0: Studies, fellow Franco fans, greetings. It is I, your host, Mr. Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions, uh, my production company here in Sacramento, California. I uh, did 12 films, going to be doing uh, a bunch more films coming up here in uh, April, May of 2021. We're going to start it back up again. So by the time this episode airs, we should be uh, starting moving ahead and getting all that stuff done. Going to do a handful of films, and uh, you'll be hearing about those if you are interested in those, and I think you will because um, Franco's my hero, and you'll see a lot of cool stuff in my films that uh, I am influenced by him. Just by everybody's influenced by everything else, but this is episode thirty-three and film thirty-three, and the film is X three twelve. Flight to Hell. Uh, it's a film he did right after the passing of Soldad Miranda. And um, it's interesting because it's uh, you kind of watch it and you know her character. And then you start watching a couple films after her passing and you kind of figure out what role she would have played because you know that she had signed to do a few films. And this was going to be one of the films that she was going to do. But um, let's see. So this is, like I said, uh, film 33. And it's a Spain and West Germany production again because uh, it's with the Arthur Bronner, I believe. Uh, let me check here. Yeah, Arthur. Yeah, the Arthur Bronner one. So, of course, Spanish and West Germany. Uh, 1970, original theatrical title and country of origin. Vuelo el Infierno, Spanish, Flight to Hell. Uh, Germany, X312, Flight to Hell. X312 Flute zur Hölle. Alternative titles. Quite a few of these. Let's see. The German theatrical poster. X312 Flute zur Hölle. Uh, French theatrical. X312 Flight to Hell. Pretty much all say that, but there's. There. Um, Volpeur Infer And Turan. Let's see. No other alternative titles. Oh, here we go. Spanish shooting title is Hell. The Victory is Yours. Inferno. Toina es la victoria uh, Germany's shooting title is the green hell of the Amazon, which is cool I like how they try to do the whole Amazon deal, green hell of the Amazon the Grun Hol of the Amazon Germany's shooting title is hell of victory is yours, same as Spanish uh, Amazon is another one they used and uh, yeah, not too many of those Production companies, Madrid, Cooperative, Phoenix Films, and then, of course, Berlin, CCC, Films. 1970, CCC Films, The English Language Prints, theatrical distributor, uh, CEA Distribution, S.A.M. Madrid, and Cinerama uh, out of Munich. This looks like it played a few places here. Shooting date on this is uh, October 2nd to November 4th, just a little bit over a month, in 1970. October 2nd to November 4th, 1970. Uh, They got the classification certificate in Germany, August 13th of 71, Uh, just about, uh, let's see, August. So, like about nine months later, played in Germany. And the premiere is uh, yeah, August 20th of 71. Uh, The French got the visa issued on it June 15th, 73, and it played later in France, um, about six months later, actually, December 16th of 73, uh, played Barcelona January 28th of 74, then Madrid in May 27th of 74, uh, Portugal, Lisbon, played November 11th, and finally it ended up in, in uh, Seville on June 1st of 1982, uh, about eight years later. Actually, finally hit Seville. Interesting. Wonder why it played there so late. Uh, Theatrical running time, Spain 83 minutes, West Germany 87 minutes, and France 84 minutes. Cast on this, decent sized cast, especially for a Franco film, but uh, this is like a 1970, this is like a lot of the um, plane crash movies that were big, airports and those type of movies where the plane crashes in the jungle and people escape and find their way to freedom. Uh, Cast, Thomas Hunter, Tom Nilsson. Fernando Sancho plays Bill Gonzalez, the steward. Esperanza Roy plays Anna-Marie Vidal. Uh, Gille von von Weiterhausen plays Steffi. Uh, Hans Haus Jr. plays Carlos Rivas, a playboy. Hugh Stromberg returns as Miss Wilson. Howard Vernon returns as Pedro, a bandit. One of my favorite Howard Vernon performances. Uh, Siegfried Schoenberg plays Alberto Riperk, a Chilean bank president. Paul Mueller is uh, Jean Summers, also known as Senor Corusco. He's, he's, he's good in this too. Small part. Uh, Antonio de Cabo plays Villa Rosa, Spanish aristocrat. Uncredited is uh, Jess Franco as Alfredo, Summers' aide. Uh, Benny Cardosa, who's great in this, as Lolita, uh, Benny's girl. She plays um, Hard Vernon's lady. Um, was it Benny though? No, that's weird. Who's Benny on this? Interesting. Yeah, they have Lolita, Benny's girl. It should, it should say Pedro's girl. Uh, and then Pedro Passari, a bandit wearing an orange scarf. Uh, credit, uh, directed by Jess Franco. Story and screenplay by Jess Franco and Arthur Bronner. Um, dialogue, Mickey Knox, Arn Erschholtz in German Prince. Let's see who we got going here. Carl uh, Heinz is was the production manager on this. And the, uh, assistant producer, uh, was Francisco Nuevo, um, assistant director, Franz Eichhorn, continuity, camera operator, Sir Meyer. camera assistant, Alberto Prouse, still photographer, Carl Meyer, set just, uh, let's see. Okay. Um, uncredited producer, Arthur or makeup, Freddie Arnold, um, says, uh, production notes on this, of course, taken from Murderous Passions, The Delirious Cinema, of Jesus Franco, uh, Volume 1. Um, it says on this, uh, Franco was totally stunned uh, by the news of Soldad Ronda's death. To the end of his days, he carried with him the echo of that awful day, and in interviews on the subject, he would often grow somber and reflective. Giulietta, of course, had to be shelved. Nevertheless the dizzying whirl of filming continued. Next up was X312 Flight to Hell, shot between October 2nd and November 4th of 1970. Actually a fairly well-paced, excuse me. Actually a fairly well-paced and enjoyable crime thriller. Its relative clarity believes the emotional turmoil Franco must have been feeling. Was he concentrating harder to avoid emotional collapse? According to some accounts, had Julieta been finished after the devil came from Aksava, Soldad Miranda was lined up for a part in X-312. Thomas Hunter, who stars in it, claims that Gila von Walterhausen took over the part intended for Miranda. It was filmed partially on location in Brazil, and by all accounts, Miranda was preparing for a trip to Latin America when she died. However, in a conversation with Amy Brown, Jess Franco said, We, Brown and me, decided to make X312 after Soldad's death. He's probably just remembering things wrong. Um <clears throat> Yeah, you know, this is a better film than I thought it was going to be, and um, Stephen Thrower writes the same thing. He says, One of the pleasures of delving deep into the career of Just Franco is catching up with titles uh, one had previously thought would be uninteresting, only to find that they're actually quite fun. X312 Flight to Hell was the last Franco film of the 70s that I watched while researching this book, so I was presently surprised to discover, contrary to my expectation, that it's an entertaining thriller, feather-light but pacey, full of bickering, bitchy characters with venial motivations, and shot with a brisk confidence that many be zoom happy in place, but that may be zoom happy in place, but nevertheless gets the job done with a certain amount of brio. Perhaps there is a little too much wandering around in the jungle, anticipating all those cannibal films soon to follow in the seventies. Yeah, which is true because this is like a shot in seventy, came out in seventy-one, and a lot of that stuff came out like in seventy-five, seventy-six. So X three twelve. Let's see where we at here. Let's get my part. And the graphic violence is. Pretty mild, even by Franco's usual standards, but there's enough going on to pull you through the foliage and prevent your mind from wandering. Um, There's a sense of a story unfolding with clear aims and objectives instead of the scattergun effect of earlier films. Yeah, compared to especially the last film, The Devil, came from Akasava. This is definitely more coherent and easier to follow than that one. That one had a lot of loose ends and didn't go nowhere in places in this has a lot of talking and a lot of dialogue, but it all carries through and it all makes sense. Um, Let's see. Fernando Sanchez essays another of his sleazy bad guy roles, having a ball bumping off assorted minor characters and providing a solid black hat character amid the double dealing. Elsewhere, though, there's more than enough um, ambiance. I'm sorry, there's enough ambivalence and irony and with a brutal disregard for consistency, Franco even sacrifices one more likable character to rape and murder. A twist that feels suddenly rather upsetting. Perhaps the recent death of Soldado Miranda accounts for this abrupt shift in tone. Franco's sensibility was always marked by ambiguity, but perhaps his then-recent experience reinforced this notion that wrenching twists of fate are always lurking. Yeah, he did the same thing with um, Lena Romay later on with Jack the Ripper. I mentioned that when I, on my review of that. Um... Let's see. They praise Thomas Hunter. They praise... Of course, we have to adjust our expectations for quickies like this. There's simply no point in applying the criteria one brings to prestige productions when it's clear the film is being made at a whirlwind speed on next to no money. To Franco's credit, X312 has plenty of manic charm despite such limitations. Ultimately, while there's not a lot here that stays in the mind afterwards, this is one of Franco's more, most, more successful attempts to make a conventional film for two prints. story is clear, the characters are comprehensible, the, play, the pacing is lively, and the photography, although a trifle shaky, is attractive and interesting. No one, raised, no one raised purely on expensive studio pictures is going to excuse its technical shortcomings, but if you ventured before into the exploitation jungle and adjusting to the climate, you may find this is actually a decent little adventure tale. Yeah, like I was saying, I actually would recommend this film for even non-Franco fans. It's just a good 70s Kind of a plane crash, survivor, going through the jungle adventure film. A lot of cool characters. Uh, characters that are bad guys that you wouldn't think are bad guys that are tough that you wouldn't think are tough. There's a really good fight scene in the end. and There's, there's a lot of good stuff in this film. Um, Franco on screen. He's a brief la- role as a lackey to Paul Mueller's villain. Cast and crew. Among the Franco regulars, we've come along for the ride who've come along for the ride is uh, <clears throat> Howard Vernon is deft and amusing as the arch, but not too camp bandit chief Pedro. Benny Cardoso plays Lolita, Pedro's tarty associate and provides the films only sexploitation thrill during a brief lesbian scene with Esperanza Roy's insidious gold cool digger. That's a great scene in the film too. With those two girls and Howard Vernon's watching. It's a really fucking good scene. Antonio de Cabo, the Spanish theater director who fled to Portugal in nineteen sixty to get away from General Franco's regime, makes his first appearance for Franco, playing a camp queen who elects to leave the plane at a pit stop and thus survives the slaughter to come, completing his trip to Rita Rio's Sun bronzed youths by car. He was uh and speaking of him, um uh Antonio DiCabo, he's actually a really good actor in a lot of the Franco films. And like he said, this is his first appearance in a Franco film. And he's somebody that's really cool to watch in a lot of the films. He always gives cool performances. And he's definitely visually a cool actor that goes through the, the acting chops. Cool to look at and to observe. Uh, Ewa Stromberg gets the film's daffiest line as she struggles through dense vegetation after the crash. I love the jungle. It's so luscious. Uh, music. An orchestral score this time by the obscure Wolf Hartmeyer in collaboration with Bruno Nicolai. A sweepingly romantic title theme does the job nicely, and it's a pleasure to hear a more traditional soundtrack after the omnipresent lounge pop of the previous three films. Locations. Scenes in the jungle and at the Santos Dumont Airport were shot in and around Rio de Janeiro. Um... Brazil. It's likely that the plane sequence leading up to the crash were shot in the studios of CCC in Germany with the stop-off scenes and the jungle temple, actually the castle of Santa Barbara shot in Alicante studio, filmed at CCC Studios, Berlin Spandau. Other versions. The Spanish version trims the lesbian interlude with Benny Cardoso and removes the more intimate shots of Esperanza Roy. Esperanza Roy is beautiful in this film she's luscious in this uh yeah that's what I didn't really talk about is uh, Esperanza Roy as Anna Marie Vidal the scenes of her in the waterfall me and Eric talk about later on in that are really just she's somebody that's spectacular who I knew nothing about before watching this film and now I'm a big fan of Esperanza Roy and when we were watching this too Eric like wrote down her name like he's gonna look her up um for nefarious means I'm sure <laughs> by himself, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's see. I'm sure he's listening to this. So. Hey, Eric, what's up, buddy? Um, problematics. Uh, let's see. Some sources credit Antonio Mayans with an appearance as a hijacker. In fact, Mayans would not join Franco's troop until Night of the Skull in the autumn of 1973. So, yeah, about two years later. Um, press coverage. Uh, the Barcelona's La Vanguardia Herald did that. This outlandish film by the amazing and always surprising Jess Franco. Um, they say the movie is heavy going, full of incoherent situations. The acting at times falls into the ridiculous. The movie is definitely poor with a theme that puts it in the adventurous movie genre, and that could have been put to better use. I don't know. Um, let's see the version that I watched. That we watched is a legit deep here in America. It's the legit DVD. It's uh, image puts it out. Um, I got it through eBay and I think it's I think it's still in print. Uh, this is good too. It's German with English subtitles so you get the German track and not the bad English dub. I don't think there was actually English dub on this. I think just uh, let me go through that notes and see. I think it was just the German dub. Um, yeah, Spanish and West German France. so yeah the Spanish is the cut one. And the Germany is the uh uncut one. So yeah, this is the eighty five minutes, uh not rated German with English subtitles. It's actually in the um presented in the one sixty six one theatrical aspect ratio. So it's uh more of a square, not as necessarily a widescreen. But uh yeah, it's 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 really good. It'd be nice if they put that out on Blu ray as well. So yeah, we want Devil Came From Akasava on Blu-ray. We want X312 on Blu-ray. We want Deadly Avenger Soho on Blu-ray. We want Vengeance of Dr. Mabuse on Blu-ray. Virgin Report? I don't know. Uh, Of course, uh, Robertson um, and his three girls on Pleasure Island, whatever, that one. That's going to come up. I still have never seen that. But yeah, I throw that on Blu-ray too. What the hell? We want all Franco films on Blu-ray. But, uh, yeah, you know, with us, our mission statement is to praise and memory of Jess Franco, bringing the name and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. And uh, with this, we definitely am. Had a lot of people uh, asking, oh, yeah, speaking of that, it's going to lead me to the next thing. You can see us on uh, Instagram, Franco Observer Podcast, at it today. You can find us on Facebook, Franco Observer Podcast, at us today. And, uh, yeah, a lot of times I'll wear my Franco shirts and stuff. I get people write me, and I'm always down to tell them where what websites I get my shirts at. So the cool independent sellers get the rub from me advertising their stuff for free. So, yeah, I've actually turned on about the two Franco shirts. I got the Uncle Jess shirt and the other one, uh, from All the Colors of the Dark, and, uh, I think the video religion. Those two, I've actually got a few people asking about them that I've turned on to them and referred to them. So hopefully they listen to the show or know about it and know that I'm giving them business. So you're welcome. So it's all for Uncle Jess. Uh, Let's see. You can get a hold of us at FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. Please subscribe. Please download. Please rate. Please tell your friends. Let's keep building these numbers up. Let's get more people into Jess Franco. Uh, Let's get more of his films on Blu-ray and uh, all that good stuff because this is a passion project. Of course, I do it for no money. I spend money to do this, but I do it because I am obsessed with his films, and I want to get the good word of Uncle Jess out to everybody. And it's cool. I've met a lot of cool people doing this podcast, and uh, it's inspired me to do my films again. So, hey, it all works out, you know, when you put your passion to work it works for you so uh let's see i don't really have a trailer for this so we're just going to go into the bumper music and then into the film so i hope you dig it i dug it uh listen to our review and enjoy adios Hey, buddies. Welcome once again to the Frank Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions. And today is day one of the free man uh, of Jason. I quit my job to jump back into films. And um, we do another podcast about all that. You'll be hearing in the very near future. Probably by the time you get this episode, it'll already be up. So... Uh, and the person you hear woo in the background is my friend and co-host, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Hey! And uh, Eric will be um, also in the upcoming film, so you'll see his face in the film c- to come. <laughs> Can't uh, wait for that! <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. I'll think of ways to kill Eric on film again. So. But uh, yeah, just
1: not by the giant penis again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm try to try to keep away from the Clockwork Orange. Along with that, yeah, and, and we'll keep the wooden spoons away from you. Yeah, definitely. So on uh, this, uh, there's no wooden spoons in this, but uh, X312 Flight to Hell uh, is the DVD video American title. Um, let's see. I'm going to do the brief synopsis. We'll talk about this film. Um, Tom Nelson, an American journalist, takes a plane from Chile to Brazil. Also on the flight are a Spanish woman, it says called, but a Spanish woman named Anna Maria Vidal. Hey now, she's really hot. Yeah. A pampered American called Miss Wilson. Steffi, a Viennese woman en route to meet her fiancé in Rio not real Linda, but Rio. <laughs> Carlos, you have a big difference. Carlos Rivas, the playboy son of a recently disposed Chilean politician, Mr. Villarosa, an elegant homosexual from an aristocratic family, and the flight's coarse, unfriendly steward, Bill Gonzalez. All the passengers are leaving Chile for political or clandestine reasons. At a stop off in Heliva, just over the Brazilian border, Villarosa opts to travel wait Villarosa opts to travel by other means and leaves the airport. Three more passengers embark Alberto Raproche, a wealthy banker carrying a suitcase of precious jewels checks surly personal guard, and Alfredo, a young man who has been dispatched by Carusco, a wealthy career criminal, to hijack the plane, steal Rupert's jewels and force the pilot to land at a base belonging to Caruso's bandit associate, Pedro. Alfredo fails to overpower the pilot, and the plane crashes in the jungle, just a few miles short of Pedro's base. The survivors must trek through the jungle in search of safety, but their journey is complicated when everyone becomes aware of the content of Rupert's suitcase. And along with the suitcase, what did you think of the movie, Eric?
1: This is a really great movie. Like I really, really, really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, it was great. People watching you had such a cast of different types of characters um that was almost all outside shots were amazing yeah it's like the location the the storyline you knew what was going on like you you could follow it it was it had action like it was a great movie
0: yeah this is like uh was it 1970 so i'm not sure about the timeline of like the disaster movies but that was probably like right at that time was going on those earthquake and all that stuff 68 69 70 so you know so, like, this is his disaster movie of a plane wreck, the crashing in the jungle, and the people, like you were saying, the variety of different people, and we'll go on to all that. But before I go into that and all the movie, I'm going to hit the list first. So uh, this is the famed uh, content list. Um, so, yeah, uh, body of water and palm trees right off the bat, number one and number four. That's what we see. And then also we see uh, a boat. No, actually, we don't see boat until a little bit later. Yeah. But, yeah, so you see a body of water and the palm trees right off the bat. Um, sailboat. We don't see a sailboat, but we see a motorboat, so we do see boats, but no sails per se. Yeah. Um, number five, jungle sound effects. Yeah, big time. Uh, all throughout. Yeah, Eric, Eric was – and Eric had a uh, – a new uh, pet that he has.
1: (laughs) What's the name of your pet, Eric?
0: It's the jungle wolf, man. There's a jungle wolf
1: in these these jungle sound effects.
0: Yeah, there's a few films now I noticed this wolf sound pops up, and Eric's been catching it. Where the there's a wolf, or a couple wolves, pretty steady in the jungle. I don't know about jungle wolves, but... Maybe you might want to let us know that. Write us and let us know at francoobserver at yahoo.com. Nice plug. Yeah. Uh, if you have any information about jungle wolves that you've seen or have known. Uh, because, yeah, usually mountains. like you have, we We're yeah. trying to think about it, like, up in the hills and stuff is the wolves, you know. The cats are in the jungle, but, yeah, but the jungle wolves. Yeah, they're Brazilian the wolves. jungle wolves. Yeah, and they go crazy. And, actually, one jungle sound effect I personally laughed and loved was um, – with the monkey sound effect, I think was Franco, and he did this cute scene where the girl Steffi, who was probably supposed to be played by um, Saldad Miranda before she passed, is what I read as her character. So she has this music playing, and it's like a type like thing, and she's like dancing with her little monkey uh, stuffed animal, yeah. and then. Doing it, and then the little monkey in the in the tree is watching, and he's laughing, and she's doing it. It's just a totally little kitty scene, and I just thought it was so funny to just be in this movie like that. Yeah, know?
1: but the monkey goes like, Me. it makes yeah. a, it makes. A, I, I wonder if it was Franco. Like yeah, we I think Franco
0: might have dubbed the little monkey it's just a, a slight thing. Yeah, it's like a little. Yeah, then
1: she gets all scared, like oh, like what's going on? Yeah. And then she looks at the monkey, and then they have this moment of like,
0: oh hi! Yeah. And then she
1: smiles and dances again, and, like, and then it cuts to something else, yeah. just totally unrelated.
0: <laughs> Uh, and then number six, chained up person. Yes. Yes. Toward the end, finally. But yeah, three chained up people. Uh, number seven, dance scene on stage stripping. No.
1: Okay. No. But there was a scene that cracked me up and yeah. it did have dancing. Go ahead. And uh, Well, do you want to talk about later that scene? No, no. Okay. Go ahead
0: because it pertains to this. Yeah. So
1: it's just she, uh, she the, oh God, what's her name? Um,
0: Benny Cardoso's character.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So she uh, she runs in and tells um, Howard Verner um, Lolita
0: god how did I forget that god yeah Lolita that's Lolita my favorite fucking name
1: and um, she tells Pedro Verner Juanita um, came back and she's dead and everyone that she was with is dead and he goes well what direction where did they come from she goes well you sent them south and then she walks over and turns on some music and then starts tapping the top of the radio to the music while kind of swing swaying her hips yeah. back and forth you're like you just told him like these people are dead and now you're like oh let's check out some music you know just, so it was that was a dance that was the closest i thing i saw to dancing in this movie
0: yeah yeah and uh she speaking of Benny Cardoso she is very very foxy in this film Oh, super. As, uh, here in the book though it says Benny Cardoso Lolita Benny's girl but it's supposed to be Pedro's girl cuz Benny's her name i think he put that yeah. i think that's a uh, error in the book but just noticed not I always find those things um but yeah and then she starts like dancing with dancing with the with their hands so it's very cool it was actually a very cool Franco scene and, oh yeah and, it was very, and then he gets up and gets his gun and all that other shit So yeah. yeah and Howard Vernon's so good but we'll, we'll talk about that later oh, yeah. uh, okay number eight club scenes dancing no. no nine jazz music I don't not really jazz it was very good music um, yeah I think it's uh, um, oh damn it who is it that's uh, I was thinking on this again let me think uh, music I know it's a few people um damn let's see okay yeah music by Wolf Hartmeyer Bruno Nicolai of course mm-hmm. yeah so yeah Wolf Hartmeyer and Bruno Nicolai so and yeah there's there's a more like uh almost like um traditional music or like Mexican music or Spanish music or different kinds of uh Brazilian music, but we were trying to figure that out because some yeah. of it just, we weren't sure if it fit the environment or not, you know. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting, but I don't think really jazzy-ish, not no. that I can remember. I have- uh, number 10, excessive zooms. Not really excessives. There are quite, in the beginning when he's establishing everybody, uh, my notes I'll talk about later, he, we see it over and over again, but he he does zoom a little bit in that yeah. first kind of section in the plane before the plane crashes. But after that, he kind of cuts back. But unfortunately, number eleven out of focus shots. There's quite yeah. a few on this. He's a little bit shaky. But you know, I'll cut him some slack because right after Soldat Dot died, so he was doing the camera operating on this. Um, and, and it was
1: all outdoors, so it was kind of like a. I'm sure not a lot of like steady cam shots. You know what I mean? It was yeah, more, almost all yeah. Held, it was all handheld, almost yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh there were twelve uh, mirror shots. Yes, there was some toward the end, which I found with Doug. And then there's a reflection shot that you caught in the river. Uh, with the man and the woman, mm-hmm. um, thirteen mind control theme. Not really, unless uh, you count greed as like they were they are controlled by greed. But that's about it. Uh, Fourteen magic tongue scenes. N- no, really. no, there's maybe, no. I don't really count that. Yeah, you don't see any, any close ups or anything. No. you can see their nipples, but no tongues on them. Uh, Unfortunately, number fifteen <laughs> red light. No red lights. No. Um, of course, skip number 16, sheepskin master bait with sea item. No. no. Uh, 17, mad scientist. No mad scientists in this. 18, fish tank shots. No. no. 19, talking parrot. No, but there's almost a talking monkey, which is always aces in my book. <laughs> Uh, number twenty in credits, yes, it was. And there was a whole in credits with with all the cast that we were commenting on, which I think might have been made for the DVD. I don't know if it's an original, but yeah, every actor's name on there, yeah. the, the the producer's name, the yeah, bunch of stuff. It was funny. It was like it blew my mind. It was yeah, like... yeah, almost like a welcome back hotter font too, which was kind of funny. <laughs> so I don't know, but um, yeah. So um, this film we watched was the German print with uh, English subtitles. Um, I think uh, let's see this is okay so it's a Spanish and West German production I noticed I think some of the dialogue was spoken in German and I think some was spoken in Spanish like I think uh, Howard Vernon and Ben um, Cardoso and them spoke Spanish because I noticed their lips didn't match the German dubbing that we have but the other people did so I think it was both languages because it's a Spanish and a West German production so they're probably hitting both those markets um let's see this was uh alternative titles give you some of those quick uh flight to hell uh x312 flight to hell um let's see i'll do the other ones in the the opening proper but uh that catches my eye let's see um hell the victory is yours uh that's a spanish shooting title German shooting title: The Green Hell of the Amazon, which is always nice. Green Hell is almost like the cannibal ones. Uh, Amazon: uh, A good day for piranha fish. That one's kind of cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did they dump all the bodies. Yeah, in? they
0: throw that. Well, that's more for the alligator, yeah, so. that's alligators. Yeah, so the alligators. So yeah, like piranhas in this. Okay, so uh, so yeah, onto the film. So yeah, we see the water and palm trees right off. Um, Eric was a big fan of Pepito the dog. <laughs> I was like a. Um, that dog was getting over quite a bit. Um, the guy that was holding him was uh, very effeminate, and kept petting the dog and 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 talking about how he thought everybody was picking on him and, and making fun of him and that. Um, that is a uh, let's see, was his name again? He is. Uh, uh, let me see real fast. I'll tell you because uh, it's his first film. Um, Antonio DiCabo. He's a Spanish theater director who fled to Portugal in the 60s to get away from General Franco's regime. He makes his first appearance for Franco, playing a camp queen who elects to leave the plane at a pit stop and thus survives the slaughter to come. Campo Pito Pito did too. Completing his trip to Ugo Rio's sun bronze youths by car. So yeah, he was a queen by car that was going to check out the young boys in Rio so. <laughs> with the craziest hair yeah like the craziest helmet hair yeah he has like this slick backed white kind of a uh, pompadour but it's just tight like aqua net so fucking fierce and he has this like orange shirt black tie and like a plaid jacket so yeah he's like totally sporting he's got the white hair with the black uh, eyebrows but uh, yeah so he uh, they he ends up splitting before the plane wrecks Um Let's see, um, yeah, so over and over, so basically, there's a scene where you see everybody sitting in the plane, sleeping before it crashes, and Franco shows everybody's face, like, over and over, so you exactly know who the fuck is in the, is in the, is in the plane, you know. Um, the plane stuff looked pretty good, actually. Really good, um, yeah. We were talking about that. He, it looked like it was shot inside of a real plane, which was probably that same plane that was parked, um. But, you know, the cockpit and everything was really good. They, they looked like they just had a plane that they were able to use that was just, like, parked in the jungle or parked somewhere. They shot all the interiors in it. They faked the plane wreck. And then they showed the people kind of getting out of the plane after it was already parked. So it was really a cheap way to do it. And it actually was pretty believable yeah. for for all that. We talked about that. We were watching it. I said if this movie was made nowadays in a Hollywood thing, during the plane wreck, you would see, like, some CGI thing of, a, like, some some hole opening in the cockpit. And then, like a bunch of things flying out and you'd see the sky outside and you see somebody maybe getting sucked out or somebody getting trapped and then saving the person and like all this bullshit that just fills your brain. when It doesn't need to be filled. You know, the plane's going to wreck. So why do you need all that extra shit? Because you have short attention span. That's why that's just the problem with a lot of modern filmmaking. So that's just something watching these films. You kind of learn that stuff. At least I do by checking out that you kind of see how things are different nowadays. Um, we meet uh, the two main, or not the main heels, because a lot of people in this film are bad guys. But we meet um, Howard Vernon and Benny Cardoso, <laughs> who are probably the stars of the show. Um, Eric particularly liked Howard Vernon in this film. You had commented him in this film.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, basically, they, they've they browned him up, man. They just yeah, like he's bronzed
0: up. Yeah, he's Pedro, a bandit, and he's of... Uh, uh, swiss descent so yeah it's funny he plays pedro bandits but i don't know he he's not a caricature i don't think i mean he has the big black mustache and stuff but he to me he's almost believable he's just like this dude that just kind of lives on the island he's just kind of a regular dude he's just fucking really underhanded guy you know and he just maybe happens to be of some kind of spanish descent but yeah, all the guys are what, like Pedro and yeah. Martinez and you know all these Juanita, Juanita Lolita, <laughs> Villarosa and everybody, Alberto. You know, so yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, him and him and her are really good together in this. Super it's, good, super yeah, good. They're they're really fun. Um, also, too on the cast, um, we have uh, a guy that reminds me of my friend Will, uh, and it was also in a few of our <laughs> films. Jump change. Uh, he's, uh, Fernando Sancho plays Bill. That's right, Bill, not Will. That's yeah, he, uh, close. He plays Bill, uh, Bill <laughs> Gonzalez, the steward. So he's, uh, <clears throat> in this. That's how Will talks, by the way. Yeah, he, <clears throat> yeah, Will, if you ever watch Chump Chains, he uh, talks just a little bit like this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, um... We have Thomas Hunter as the lead. He's actually a good lead, I thought, as the reporter. Yeah. Um, and then Fernando Sancho, of course, plays Bill Gonzalez, the steward. It's funny because he's like this fat guy with the mustache, and I, I thought he was going to be like this totally good guy that was going to get picked on and shit. Meanwhile, he's like scoring Ewis Somberg and yeah. he has this like gross, like fucking – he like smokes these little like – not even fine cigars. He smokes these short little fucking used cigars over and over again, puts it out, keeps smoking it. He has this like brown shit on his bottom lip. And I have bad lips too, but he has this bottom fucking brown shit on his lip. And uh, he's like, this hot chick throws herself at him and he's like overweight and just like a fucking total dork. But he's so like, meanwhile he like murders two of the women. He like steals the jewels, tries to kill this old man when he's sleeping, steal the jewels out of his fucking briefcase really underhanded guy, but he, like, shoots people with his gun that he pulls out of nowhere, and, I mean, and he's, like, a f- badass in this yeah. movie, and I was, like, really, uh, he, he's the guy that that surprised me the most of anybody in the film was him, because, like, that character was totally different than I thought it was going to be. Oh,
1: completely different, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: he's a yeah. total good guy, bad guy, whatever, and, and he kind of gives his, gives his uh, morality and his motif of his, um, his uh, motivation, basically, what he was doing. He talked about how he was a kid, and, about how his his mother was a prostitute and his father was one of her johns, and that he uh, worked in the, the sewers or a plumber yeah. or something, and in the shit he saw a dollar, and, and he wanted to keep making more and more dollars. And so that was his thing. So that made it all right to kill everybody and you know try to move up. Um, so he scored though, like yeah, like
1: literally, like they they crash, and then the hot American
0: blonde. Right. Like
1: literally throws her. like she's making out with him. Yeah, he like, was
0: Stromberg, and he oh. and yeah, and like twice, two or three times. Yeah, they, yeah, they basically make out and they make out again and then have sex, and then he gets up when she's sleeping and then uh, sneaks off. Yeah, sneaks off, and then you know she and then she's gonna go out, go with him again, and then he fucking kills her. It's like, yeah. dude, well, yeah, she it's, was the aggressor too. Like it wasn't yeah. like.
1: He was coming on to her, and she gave in. No, she was the aggressor. She wanted him.
0: Yeah. And she then does not he make a pass boy. at the other chick too, the brown haired chick, or just her?
1: No, he does kiss the brown hair chick. That's also, I saw. But yeah, then yeah, she yeah, kind of pulls yeah. off. That's of right. Him. Yeah, that's what yeah, yeah.
0: He's like going at fucking everybody. So yeah. yeah, so you have him. Yeah, dude, um, I want his confidence. He's the fucking band. <laughs> uh, and then you had uh, one of my new favorites, and definitely Eric's favorite, uh, Esperanza Roy Oof. as Anna Marie Vidal. Oof. She was thirty five years old in this movie, and I thought she was like in her early twenties. Yeah, yeah. Her, bo- she, she goes swimming because at first she's very stacked, very large boobs, and uh, <laughs> very large boobs, boobs, and uh, yeah. So she's like wearing this shirt, and we're just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, wait, 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 wait. And then she finally has a scene where she goes um, skinny dipping on these like rocks, and she's totally nude, and she's just amazing, incredible. Yeah, They're washboard incredible. abs, fucking height, you know, Big Boo, which is solid, and uh, I looked her up, she did, like, 85 films, and, like, she, uh, like I said, she was, like, 35 in this film, and then she uh, did films for, and then she finally got married, like, when she was in her 60s, finally, and uh, her husband passed away after they were married for quite a few years, and I, and she's still alive, but, uh, yeah, that's cool, she seems like a total professional, like, that was her life, was just acting and all that yeah. stuff, so, and and she's really good in this fucking film. Yeah, she's film. good, she's a great she's, actress. She's probably... I'd say like the all three leads are solid, I think. The main yeah. reporter and then the 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 steward and then her. Like those three are like really all equal. I mean they're all really strong, which is helps this film a lot. Um then you had Hans Haas Junior as Carlos Rivas, a Playboy. Which guy was that? Okay, it was uh, probably the, the
1: guy with the radio.
0: Yeah, the guy that came out said he could speak all these languages to the to yeah. the Incas and then didn't say anything was shot. That, was, that scene didn't make anything. Uh, we have Ewis uh, Stromberg making a return again after uh, Vampirous Lesbos and She Killed an Ecstasy and a few other films. Uh, she returns um, as Miss Wilson, who she's goodness. She's, uh, like I said, she throws herself at the guy and she looks really good in this and she acts well and uh, she gets knocked off though partway through. So she's not in this film a lot. Uh, we have Howard Vernon, the mighty Howard Vernon making a cool return as Pedro, a bandit. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He's, uh, camps it up. He's really good. in this. He's good in this. He's good yeah. swagger. He has good dialogue. He he's, likes to drink a lot. He says, it's good for the gums. which Yeah. I thought was a pretty funny line. Uh, I never heard that before. So, but yeah, and he's, he's, he really camps it up. He, he looks like he's having a good time. And especially at this time when Franco was like going through the shit and, and, uh, because he acted with uh, uh, Soledad and stuff, too, with these past yeah. films. So it's like, you know, they're all probably close with her and that. So it's it's cool to see them trying to have a good time and to carry on and to show the the joy of life, you know. Um, yeah, he was really, really good in this. Yeah. And uh, Stigfried Schoenberg plays Alberto Rupcek, the Chilean bank president. Um, yeah, he's, he was pretty solid in this, too, the guy with the suitcase, you know. Um, who stole the jewels? We find out as the radio, the mighty radio. Oh, speaking of the radio too, let's talk about the radio. So the radio is funny. The, the radio is smart in the film because it conveys information, it conveys plot points, story, story details that you need as it goes through the film. But I was remarking that it must have really good batteries because it's played quite a bit. And there's a scene where they're escaping and they're swimming in the radio, in the swimming in the uh, in these like dirty, muddy waters of like the Amazon. And the guy's holding his radio up. But the people in front of him are kicking. Eric was remarking, and all the water was, like, splashing the radio. Yeah. Which was funny. And then he gets out of the water, and he almost drops the He almost drops the radio as soon as he's, as he's trying yeah. to get out of the water. I
1: think it actually touched the water a little bit on yeah. the bottom. Yeah, it was pretty laughing. funny. Yeah, the,
0: water, the, fucking radio, the big boombox just gets splashed by water, and it's still working. It's
1: like, yeah. Sure. He's holding this boom box above his head as he's swimming. But the problem is the person in front of him is, like, Kicking, paddling so hard that the water's just splashing everywhere, all over him. Yeah, just
0: just kicking the water. Yeah, so so
1: pointless. so stupid. That's why I laugh on the radio. Um, He even cuddled the radio one time. That's how much he loved the radio. Oh, yeah, when he's sleeping. Yeah, he he cuddled up to the radio. He was cuddling with Steffi, and then all of a sudden when they wake up, he's spooning the radio, and she's behind him, like she's on her
0: own. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking funny. Um, He loved that thing. And then we have Paul Mueller, who's really cool but he's not in it a lot yeah. he's only in it, like in the beginning and the end uh but like i had remarked he kind of reminds you of his character from um eugenie that he just kind of carried over from that to this he's like kind of rich and lives in this beautiful mansion that you see in that he plays uh oh john's john summers also known as Senor Carus Signor carrasco uh, not Senior Costco, but Senior Carrasco. <laughs> uh then we have Antonio de Caba plays Villarosa, the Spanish aristocrat. That's the guy we talked about with the dog that went to go to Rio and he was so excited and uh yeah, that guy. Uh then you have Jess Franco is in it very, very shortly as Alfredo Summers aide. So he's uh works for Paul Mueller and he's what does he say to him like Go fuck yourself or I don't give a shit or He says some kind of some kind of a curse word at him, and like a kind of a flippant response to something that somebody says to him.
1: Yeah, Um, real brief.
0: Yeah, he's real brief. He's only out for like twenty seconds, if that. Uh, Then we have let's see, wrapping this up. uh, Benny Cardoso, of course, plays Lolita, uh, his girl, and she's really good in this. One of her best, I think. Um, She's she's funny. She's good acting. Scene with uh, her and um, uh, Roy. Esperanza Roy. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that was fucking... We're like, wait. And then Howard Vernon. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm glad i thought about this. So, like, this carries on my uh, continuing theme for Franco about how the guy should just sit back and watch. See, and this is good because this also, as I think about it now, it's very true. So I talk about, uh, you know, in uh, was that Wicked Women, where he crawls over him with the guitar, and he's mm-hmm. playing, and then you see it a few times where women are making out you should always just observe and don't insert yourself because when you insert yourself and try to take over it doesn't work out and it doesn't work out in this either because howard vernon is cool at first he sits back he's watched these two beautiful women get naked and they're putting on a show for him yeah. he's having his alcohol he's enjoying himself big smiles he's life is great yeah And he fucks it up tells her lolita lolita get out of here and then he wants to kind of jump in which I don't blame him. You know, she's fucking hot. She yeah. starts grabbing her tits and kissing her and shit. Meanwhile, she had already spotted the weapons in the room. She grabs the fucking knife off the shelf and just stabs him, fucking Jason Rudy style, right in the fucking back and just kills him and then he just drops dead. It's like, if he would have kept playing and watched it, he would have had a fucking another 20 minutes or a half hour of just pure bliss, pure man. Pure bliss, man. Yeah, but he had to get in and grab a, few, grab a fucking great, great handful of tits. I don't blame him. No. But, you know, that's what you get, boo. So, yeah, so that's bad. Um, uh, yeah, so then I have my notes. Um, oh, yeah. Six minutes, 50 seconds is the first nudity in this film, mm-hmm. which is another one of his records. I have uh pilot is a stud. He screws you. A, oh, yeah. So he screws, screws you a stromberg, and he eats coca leaves. That's because right after he screws her. Yeah. And he's getting up, and he finishes off his little stogie. He gets him, he's walking around, he sees these coca leaves, he starts chewing on them. He's like fucking all coked out shit. And then he goes to like <laughs> see the old man and tries to steal his fucking suitcase and that. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Uh, Franco monkey I have on there. That's one of my, you have the jungle wolf, I have the Franco monkey. <laughs> um, well, one thing I do like about this is he has the birds reacting to the different people. When they're in the jungle, we see the birds looking and watching and then them reacting to certain things the birds yeah. are doing, even though they're in different shots. Um, the boom box, and the water, of course, while swimming, um, the boat we have chained up and then, uh, yeah, however, and just watches. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I was saying, it was after she had passed and it was more of a, just straight ahead. He shot this from October 2nd to November 4th of 19, in 1970. So another like 30 day wonder, um, give or take. And, uh, yeah, this is a, a pretty solid fucking movie for like 30 days. There's a lot to it. It's very dense. Um, Franco has made a lot of movies of people walking in the jungle, you know, we've seen that a few times, but he did it here first, and maybe before the stuff we saw later on, you know, the uh Dietrich stuff. But um but yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed this. Um it's really good, really good acting. Um, really solid story like Eric said, pretty much the same ideas that he has on this. Um when I got the DVD I thought it looked kind of cheesy like the, the copy and stuff and I wasn't sure how good or bad of a film this was going to be but I was really surprised and really happy with the film is way better than the DVD uh, art and everything well if you look at the art knowing the film then you it, it doesn't betray it or anything you know it's pretty straight ahead but uh, I don't know it just it looks kind of cheesy with the font and stuff but uh, it's much better than the art so that you know betrays it so um do you have any thoughts or any other notes you want to throw in or
1: No, just a, in agreement like it, it was really, really well done. Like extremely well done. All the all the actors were very solid. And one thing I'm I'm really happy that the it's easy to let things derail you and to, to have the death of someone who was so important to your art yeah. and so so much a part of what you did, um, to to all of a sudden be taken from you. You know, and the fact that he didn't let that derail what
0: they were doing
1: is it's really cool.
0: Yeah, because him and uh, the producer, actually, let me go back on this, I guess Arthur Bronner, let's see, it's uh, his producer on this. Yeah, um, Arthur Bronner. Yeah, because like, him and Arthur Bronner discuss her, like, hey, you know, are we still going to do this or what? And, like, yeah, it's, you know, they still just, because I mean, it is just one person, even though mm-hmm. she was so magnetic. And, and like I was saying, if you watch that role that she's in, it's, it's weird. It's like, oh, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up actually something I kind of forgot so basically the role that Soldad was going to play was the gal Steffi and she's kind of less like childlike kind of woman and uh, the gal that plays her I don't know if she's trying to play a simile of Soldad or if she was just trying to play the character as a kind of a naive young woman but then Uh, Franco has her character like kind of raped and killed by these, uh, by some of Pedro's bandits. Yeah. And uh, it was weird because it's almost like subconsciously if he's just trying to like have her killed to make himself feel better like that character because it was supposed to be sold out his character. So to have her murdered and then I talked to Eric about that, it was almost like the stuff with Lena when uh, he had got him in trouble with Lena later on and he did Jack the Ripper and he had Lena really just mutilated and destroyed in that movie and it's just like, you never see Lena get killed and just maimed and stuff like that. It's really interesting, you know, to see in that context, you start looking at the psychology of a filmmaker, of a person and and the the human interaction and the stuff you, you know, experience, you make those things. And I wonder if anything that's conscious or subconscious or what, but I'm, I'm I'm sure it's conscious because there's a lot of things that as you analyze and observe things, you kind of start seeing those patterns and different things in there and certain tells and stuff. But, you know? Yeah. So,
1: well, he did use his art to express himself, you know, whether it was his kinks, whether it was his, you know what I mean? Like he did, he, uh, he uses art and so i'm sure there was a a lot of his feelings in that you know what i mean like yeah
0: uh, most definitely like it's it was uh, just catharsis see even as an artist that's how you get get your shit out of yeah. you is to fucking put it up on the screen all like, that stuff so maybe her
1: being taken away was so painful it was almost as horrible as the rape and murder of someone you know what i mean like maybe it was like a yeah like it was just like she was taken away in such a violent way from him like he, he either kind of that or him. it's a
0: way of saying well you hurt me by dying so now I'm going to kill that character that you're supposed to be and that's my revenge on you To because you hurt me you know like a kind of of a male ego thing and one thing about Franco, I do love Franco, but he does have a lot of the male I I don't know I shouldn't say that actually it's a generalization but there seems to be some of the male ego problems he has with the rape and stuff in a lot of his films and this is another example I think of that of how I don't know it's I don't think it's just 2021 lens I think it's just A a good person in in general, you know, I mean, to show that shows your shortcomings as a human being, I think, you know, compared to just, you know, showing other things that people may judge you on. I think something like that's a little more harsher to be judged on than, you know, showing your fascination for seeing two girls make out or something, for example, you know, that's just being perverted or whatever. That's one thing. But, you know. I somebody died to you and then have that character murdered and raped and just, I don't know, it's just a little bit like, oh, really? You needed to, to do that? You know, like, she could have been killed by a snake or could have been yeah. shot by the native people with the arrows. I mean, there's a couple ways, I don't know, just to have her that way, which is kind of I see what
1: you're saying, but he has, in a couple of his movies, he has had, like, the women, in the end, raped and murdered. Yeah. Like, uh, the female, when they're escaping the, the prison. And that was like the last Right, scene. that was that kind of remake of this almost. Yeah, and, and the yeah. guy then
0: shoots the guy who raped and murdered her, you know. Yeah, like uh, that was, uh, let's see, look at my collection here, Cheating. That's, uh, what was it? Um, Love Camp or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, Love Camp or, uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, Love in Vain, yeah, 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 the whole thing. And she leaves and all that, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, exactly he has that that same theme running through. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just something when you, you yeah. analyze you watch something more than just for the film. You, oh, you yeah. see certain things, you know.
1: Well, the, the way that the past her her last two films ended with her was just it's it's my it's insane. It's yeah. really insane to think about. I mean, I can't stop thinking about it.
0: Yeah, so, no, it is very interesting that, yeah, how she die like that yeah. and all that stuff it's yeah and that's what we were talking about earlier and like that's what makes her a legend is that she died young she died beautiful she died uh leaving those thing yeah <laughs> leaving those clues like that in the films those yeah. things that are odd little touches little touchstones that carry on that build you make you a legend you know yeah. and, and all that stuff but um yeah and speaking of legendary you can find our legendary page at uh at the mighty Instagram, we have a Fra- <laughs> Franco Observer page there. We have one at uh, Facebook, Franco Observer Podcast. You can uh, send us any emails at uh, francoobserver at yahoo.com. Uh, also, to uh, subscribe, please subscribe. Please, please. And also tell all your friends, because we have a really good core audience right now, and uh, we have really good numbers, but it's like a lot of the same people are listening, so we need like more of the people listening, like... you. Because I know all you listening have like really cool friends, and I'm sure like all your friends like might know about Franco or maybe they don't, they heard of him or something. You say, hey man, if you don't know about this guy, listen to this podcast because like these dudes talk about just Franco and like they're just like great with people and they like talk about all this cool shit. And if you don't know these films, you like listen and then like you might find one or two you like and then you'll like watch it and then you'll become like this huge Franco fan. And then you're like, talk just like this. I was going to say. You know, I don't know. God, yeah,
1: just say, hey, it's fun yeah. listening to these guys. Yeah, exactly. So, But that's all I got. That's my these hearing. guys like
0: boobs. Yeah, but no, definitely. Just tell, tell your friends. We always want more people. We want to have Always, like, please. We always want to doubles and doubles and doubles and all that stuff, you know.
1: The more like, people we can introduce, the more people that can be introduced to the Franco world, the better. You know, exactly. like the more more people, people can have their eyes open to uh, someone they might have have some knowledge of or maybe have heard of one of his movies but I mean there's such a vast world out there yeah it is you know to
0: discover of him yeah because it's uh, very true so let's leave it at that yeah Uh, so yeah so this was uh, episode 34 uh, film 34 X 312 flight to hell it really wasn't a flight to hell it was a a a flight to enjoyment a flight flight to Brazil yeah a (laughs) flight to an amazing (laughs) pair of breasts (laughs) so All with that, I'll say good night. Hey,
1: beautiful nights.